Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family, love, and relationships. I'm your host for this podcast, Christopher Robbins, the co-founder of Familias Publishing, husband, father of nine, author, fly fisherman, backpacker, and aspirational musician based in the Central Valley of California. We hope to bring you nourishing, real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. I'm happy to introduce today's guests, Manuela Bernardi and Kathy McMillan. Now, Manuela is an author and screenwriter based in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, where she was born and raised. She has collaborated on award-winning feature films and has written on shows for TV Globo, TBS, The History Channel, and Amazon Prime Video. With a BA in journalism from PUC Rio, Manuela earned her MFA in writing for screen and television from USC in Los Angeles, which she attended on a Fulbright CAPES scholarship. Well done. Kathy is a writer and nationally certified American Sign Language interpreter, librarian, and signing storyteller. She writes picture books, including The Runaway Shirt and The Little Hands Signing Series, children's nonfiction, including She Spoke, 14 Women Who Raised Their Voices and Changed the World, and uh, the upcoming She Spoke 2, middle grade fantasy, The Chronicles of Cavalon, series under the pen name Kim Forrester, and young adult fantasy, Sword and Verse and Dagger and Coin, both from Harper Teen. Her debut novel, Sword and Verse, was a finalist for the Compton Crook Award. She has also published eight resource books for educators, librarians, and parents, including five volumes in the best-selling Storytime Magic series from ALA Editions. That's the American Library Association. She lives in Baltimore, Maryland, and we'll talk about where we can find both of them a little bit later on the podcast. Now, with all that you're doing, I, I should probably add, you probably build suspension bridges in your spare time or something like that, right? <laughs> Not quite. I take care of my cat. <laughs> well, wonderful. Now, that's a lot. <laughs> today, we're exploring women who raise their voices and change the world. The podcast aligns with the familiar habit, learn together, talk together, and read together. You can learn more about the Familias 10 Habits of Happy Families by going to the Habit Hub blog on Familias.com. For the video of this podcast, please go to the Familias YouTube channel. Now, welcome, Manuela and Kathy. Thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to join us today to talk about these amazing women that we need to know about. Yes? Thanks for having us. You're welcome. Now, okay. So you wrote a book called She Spoke, 14 Women Who, let's see if I can remember the title again, because I published the book, 14 Women Who Raised Their Voices and Changed the World. And then you're following that up in 2024, uh, which is in a few months, or launching right now, with She Spoke 2. Now, just curious, whose idea was this? Was this Manuela's or was it Kathy's? And how did you go about choosing these women, which now are 28 women? So the original idea actually came from David Miles at Familius Press, who came up with the uh, original package, this idea of doing a nonfiction picture book about these women with the audio panel that would include voices of women. And it was a really unique idea because that's a format that typically is used for press the button and hear the ducky quack or press the button and hear the cargo beep beep. And he was the one who kind of came up with that original design. And at that time, he brought the idea to me, Kathy, and said, I know you have a background in research or librarian. Would you be interested in working on this? And at that time, there was a, it was 
a really short turnaround because there was a desire to get the book out for Women's History Month. And I said, well, you know, I'm really interested in working on this, but it's a lot on this short turnaround. Can I have a co-author? And can it be Manuela? Manuela and I have known each other for a really long time. Over 20 years, more than that, I think. And we have co-authored a lot of fan fiction in the olden days, but (laughs) Manuela has been my critique partner. Actually, my second YA novel, Dagger and Coin, is dedicated to her. And she's critiqued everything I've ever written. And we've all, we've done a lot of collaborating. So it was really natural, especially on a project about strong, awesome women to bring in another strong, awesome woman. So yeah. So then we launched into the process of trying to find the audio clips. And Manuela, do you want to talk a little bit about that? No, actually something that I think is interesting about the whole thing is that when David pitched the idea, he wanted to call the book, She Spoke and the World Listened. And Kathy and I were like, but when women speak, the world usually doesn't listen. It's really hard for women to get listened to. So we suggested to change it. She spoke, forcing women who raise their voices and change the world in one way or another. And that's also inspired us in how we chose the women, because we chose some women who are well-known, who broke through the glass ceiling of being heard. And some women who should be more well-known, who who just fell through the cracks or isn't, they're not that well-known. And so we wanted to find women who had their clips available, who were speaking in English and who were talking about what they were doing to change the world. The clips had to have something to do with it. And we went after women from all kinds of, places like artists, athletes, scientists, politicians. We wanted to have the vastest array of women possible. That's something we did even better in She Spoke too. In the first one, we had a lot of American women. Even though I'm Brazilian, we it's hard to find women from other parts of the world speaking in English. And now we really wanted to find women from everywhere. So we really went for it. And he did such a wonderful job. Now we have we have artists, we have professional athletes, we have environmentalists, we have scientists, we have social changers. So give us this let's just talk about some of these women. Who were Manuel, who were some of the your favorite women in either of those books? Oh, the one I always talk about is Shirley Chisholm because I I, I knew not, nothing about her. When, when Kathy came up with her, because I'm Brazilian, I don't know that much about like the history of politics in the U.S. And then she came up with, with Shirley Chisholm and I was like, oh, no, I have to write about her. We, we were dividing up the women and I, I had her. And then I fell in love with her. She's amazing. She's the greatest ever. She was the one who said, like, when they don't give you a place at the table, bring your chair. So tell us a little bit more about her and why women should be aware of her and what she co- accomplished. She ran for president at a time when Black women had no chance of winning. And she ran just so people could see that Black women could maybe be president. And she got like 10% of the votes in the primaries. She was, she was a force of nature. She, she kept fighting all her life. But the door she opened for everyone, she's like, and she was very like fiery. And she, she just... I just love her. That's a great example. She was a pioneer. So she was someone who who probably knew she would not win the presidency, but she knew that 
that what she did would have lasting impact and opening doors for others. So that's a that's a wonderful example. Thanks for sharing that. Now, I have just as a, a point of trivia, did you know that I have received at least two votes to be president of the United States? No. It's true. My wife has written in, written me in twice. Now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so okay. Well, Kathy, so how you need you? to write her in next time. Yeah, I, yeah, I yes. <laughs> only fair. Absolutely. Uh, she would do a much better job than I could ever do. I, I tell her that all the time. So I married up. And that's what most men do is they they marry up. They... <laughs> so what about you, Kathy? What, who, was, who was your favorite? So I have two that I want to tell about because one of them relates to, it's a nice tie-in from what Manuela was just talking about. But Shirley Chisholm was in the first book. She spoke. And then a figure that was in the second book she spoke to was Patsy Takamoto Mink, who was actually the first woman of color in Congress and also ran for president and also knew she wasn't going to win, but did it so that people would see that, you know, women can run for these offices. People would get used to start to see that because it wasn't something that was seen before. And that's just one part of what Patsy Takamoto Mink did. And she was involved in Hawaii legislature. She was in the U.S. House of Representatives for many, many years. And many people who know of her know her as the the force behind Title IX, which was actually renamed after her by Congress after her death. And so she was really fighting for equality in education and in lots of different areas. And that started, and this is, I think, a pattern we saw with a lot of these women, that that wasn't something that just happened when she got some power. It's something she was doing all throughout her life. When she was in high school, she ran for student body president because a girl had never won and she won. And when she went to college, she was placed in the foreign students dorm because non-white students were not allowed in the main dorms. And she ignited a protest that got that changed. And just again and again, she kept fighting and kept pushing through and doing it for other folks too. So she is a great hero of mine. And then my other great hero, oh, you know who I'm going to talk about. Just wanted to say that Betsy and Shirley, they were the ones who made us put that question that I think it's really oh, at the yeah. heart of like being a woman is that we don't always do things to win. They both ran for president. They knew they couldn't win. They didn't do it to be president. They did it for other women. And I think it's important for us to know that winning is not always the end goal. We, you can win without winning. And it's you have to yeah. know what you're doing it for. Yeah. And your goal and yeah. what you're going for isn't necessarily what the world thinks it should be always. But it's really important to kind of be centered in your own goals. And actually, that ties very nicely to the other woman <laughs> I wanted to talk about, who is my personal hero of all time, Judy Human, the great disability rights activist who sadly passed away last year. And so Judy Human was, as she, when she was growing up in New York, the local public school wouldn't let her in because she was in a wheelchair and her mother fought for her to get an education. She eventually did go to school and she wanted to be a teacher and the New York State Board of Education wouldn't give her a teaching license because she was in a wheelchair. So she sued them and she won. And this happened again and again and again. And there is the, my favorite story about Judy Human though, has to be the protests in 1977 of the health education and welfare building. So the backstory of this is in 1973, the Rehabilitation Act was passed in Congress, which required that organizations that receive federal funding provide equal access for people with disabilities, things like wheelchair ramps, interpreters, all those things. 
And so this was passed in 1973, but four years later in 1977, the regulations still hadn't been signed off on by the, the head of health education and welfare. So Judy Human and several other pro- leaders led a protest. Judy led over 100 people, took, peacefully took over the health education and welfare building in San Francisco, and they stayed there for over 28 days. Many of these people were people with severe disabilities, and they had to be turned over in the night. They had to have a lot of support and a lot of help, and they were cut off from medicine. The, the government at one point turned off the hot water, turned off the phone line. And from the deaf community, I got to tell you this part of it, because they were like, what do we do? Because this was before cell phones. How do we connect with the people out there? Well, the deaf people who were there said, we know what to do. And they went over to the, the window and just started signing to the people who were down in the square and told them what was going on. So they still had a lifeline. That's what we in the deaf community called deaf gain, the opposite of hearing loss, by the way. <laughs> anyway, and so Judy Human was a part of getting that, getting those regulations signed. And then that success led to many other successes. Her work was a huge part of the passage of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And she's just fearless. I mean, I know that's what I really admire about a lot of these women. I feel like in my life, I've been afraid a lot. <laughs> and Judy Human would stand up to these people uh, who really could hold her, the fate of her life in their hands, and she would stand up and fight for it. And a lot of these women are people who would fight for themselves, but also fight for others. And that was really, really inspiring to see. Oh, and it's it? so inspiring to hear their voices and hear them talking about it. Yeah. Too. That is a wonderful aspect of both these books where you can actually hear a 20 to 30 second clip of them inspiring us from these words that they shared that help move nations, help move laws, help move the world, help move people to make the world better. Now, those are three examples of three women that had huge impact, but might be lesser known. Who are some of the more visible people that are included in the book? Well, let's see. In the first book, we have Malala Yousafzai, who, of course, everybody knows Malala. We have Hillary Clinton in there. Maya Angelou, Dr. Maya Angelou, I should say. Some of the other well-known women that are in She Spoke too. we have Kamala Harris, we Linda. have Jacinda yes, Ardern, Linda. yes, the former uh, prime minister of New Zealand. We have Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, the yeah. author, um, Greta Thunberg, of course. Yeah, I'm looking to see who, oh, Dr. Mae Jemison, of course, is very well-known, the astronaut. Yeah. And another one of my favorites, she isn't that well-known, but she won a Nobel Prize recently, is Maria Ressa who is a journalist in the Philippines who fought for truth when Rodrigo Duterte was trying to spread misinformation everywhere, which is a matter dear to my heart because Brazil went through that. So, it's fighting for truth. It's fighting for trust. That's yeah. what she says in the, the book. And it, it's, it's so inspiring. Uh, so exactly. Was there anything in your research with these women that completely surprised you? Something you didn't expect to have discovered? Something that I that I really enjoyed learning is that a lot of these women, they're very intellectual and very outspoken, but they also are not ashamed to be women in a way, mm-hmm. are not ashamed of their feminine side. I mean, Mae Jamison, she's a, an astronaut and she's known for her science knowledge and all her work for science, but she loves to dance and she has a passion for dance. Chimamanda has a passion for fashion <laughs> and she has never apologized about it. Mm-hmm. And I also enjoyed seeing how a lot of these women use what are 
kind of like what you were saying, but things that are considered feminine traits that might be seen as weakness. Like, for example, Jacinda Ardern really focused on kindness. That was actually her kind of catchphrase, catchphrase. be strong, be kind. Yeah, catchphrase. And Zuzana Kapatova, who we haven't talked about yet, she was she is the president of Slovakia. But before that, she was an environmental activist and a lawyer who managed to shut down a toxic waste dump near her hometown. And part of the way she did that was rallying the citizens together. She published a magazine to kind of keep those relationships and keep that information going. So using these these skills that may have been traditionally seen as not so useful and valuable, these sort of traditional feminine skills of relationship and doing that in a way that sort of challenges the status quo. What does it mean to be strong? There's lots of different kinds of strength. Yeah. <laughs> Lima Bowie in the first book, mm. she stopped the war through getting other women together to pray, basically. Community yeah. and organization, that's something we say in the, in the prologue to the, to the book, that it's, it's important when you're speaking up to also have community and organization in order to amplify your voice to be heard. To change the world, basically. Right, to change the world. So, yeah. it's, it's wonderful examples. As you wrote this book, obviously you were thinking about the children, particularly the young women who would be ex- reading about these. And women. young men too. This is important yeah, for them to read about voices. these. It's true. Women. I mean, I, I can tell. You, I've listened to this book multiple times, and was part of the research for finding the clips with some internal people. So, what did you hope that? that the audience would gain from listening to these voices and reading about these amazing women? You must have had some, you know, hope, expectation. Well, I would hope that the voices of these women would become as familiar to us as some of the voices of men. Like we all, we all know what Martin Luther King Jr.'s voice sounds like, but we should also know what Mary McLeod Bethune's voice sounded like because she was an amazing orator and most of us don't know that. So one of my favorite things in the wake of the first book coming out and that I hope I can't wait to see with the second book coming out was to see people posting on social media videos of their children reciting the clip because they were so inspired. When, and that's, I think, when I first realized what a broad appeal these books had, not just to the eight to 12 year old age range that they were really written to, but to much younger children and to much older people too, because of these clips and these voices and the way that younger children can access that. We actually had a wonderful clip of a mother posted a clip of her four-year-old son <laughs> with the Abby Wambach quote from the first book and just passionately reciting that. And that's just amazing to me that that's just a part of his world. And it should be. Absolutely should be. What I love too is that the book is, I wanted to give girls, also boys, but especially girls, courage to speak out. And also the, the tools in a way, because the stories of these women are full of tidbits and clues of how to get to where they got through courage, through organization, through learning what is important to you, through failing and learning Mm -hmm. and trying again, through finding people who think the way you think, through also listening to other people sometimes and learning. and, And I feel like if we can give people the courage and the means to do something to change the world, you know, it's going to be worth it. I think it's, that's what it, what's important. One of my favorite things about the book is that in addition to the, the bios and the clip, 
the audio clips with each profile, we have a section called Your Turn to Speak Up, where we have a couple of discussion questions. And these are designed for teachers to use in the classroom or caregivers to use with children to kind of make help them think about how does this person's story relate to your story? And I was rereading those questions. We worked really long and hard on those questions, by the way. And I was rereading them recently. I'm just, I'm really, really proud of those because I think that they draw out some of those things that Manuela was talking about. And they really encourage readers of all ages to think about these women's stories and how they relate to your own story and how would you react in that situation and what would you do with this? So I'm very happy with that because it does give that element of, okay, now it's your turn to speak up too. So again, great examples, inspiring love the perseverance that these women had and that helps us to know that we just have to keep trying to make positive change. Now, one last question. So I'm a man. And at the beginning, Manuela, I think, mentioned that, you know, sometimes women aren't heard. They're not listened to. And in a perhaps a patriarchal society, which has been around for quite a while, um, not in all societies and not in all families, not in all communities, but by and large, it's a patriarchal society. What do you want the men in your lives to know and understand to have a better appreciation for the contributions that women make and that women will continue to make? That is such a good question. (laughs) The first thing I would say is to just, to the men in my life, I would say, just be quiet and listen more. I don't know. I've been fortunate to be in as an interpreter, as a librarian. I've been in a lot of professions that are very female dominated. But what always happens in education as well is that, yes, they're female dominated, but the people who are the leaders tend to be men. And oftentimes they're doing all the talking. So the easiest way to find out what the women in your life want and think is to to ask, to stop talking and just listen and this book is a good way to start doing that because you can literally listen to it. And I also think that men, not all men, of course, but men usually think of women in relation to themselves in a way that I would they add think that of. Men usually think about everything in relationship. To <laughs> I, I wouldn't know, but I, I know <laughs> the part that relates to us. I, I think that sometimes men do listen, but they're thinking of like, what can I say next to impress her? Or like, do I want to date her or not? And you don't want to date her, so you don't listen to her. I saw someone saying online that when men admire her, they say like, marry me, like comments to her videos. or like, marry me. Oh, you're so beautiful. And that thing about saying marry me is a way of men expressing their admiration in the way that they know how to, because they have trouble seeing women that they admire as like a person that is not related to them. They want to bring it to their lives. So I admire this woman. So I want her to be my wife. And I kind of want men to see women as just a full person in themselves that have full lives. And they don't need to have anything to do with you to have value and for you to do things for them or make their lives easier or listen to them or read their books or like listen to their talks. You know, I feel like if men just see women's experiences as something that they should learn just to be richer in their experiences and their knowledge, I would be so happy. Well, there we are, men. Let's listen. You can start by buying this book for the boys in your life. Yes. Put it that way. 
I love... My friend has a little boy that loves this book and he's like almost two. And I love it. <laughs> I love the comment that we need to recognize these voices as readily as we recognize the voices of, of Jimmy Carter or Martin Luther King Jr., right? We need to be able to recognize these voices quickly. So wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Kathy and Manuel, and, and chatting with us about your book, She Spoke, and She Spoke Too, and these 28 women who have really raised their voices and changed the world. Now, for both of you, where, where can our guests find you online, Kathy, and then Manuela? You can find me online at kathymcmillan.com and on Twitter and Instagram at at Kathy's underscore quill. <laughs> and Manuela? Oh, you can. I don't have a website because I still have trouble promoting myself, even <laughs> though I wrote a book promoting other women. That's being a woman to you. But you can find me on Instagram. Let me try to. It's Manu, M-A-N-U, underscore A, underscore Bernardi, with an I at the end. Wonderful. You can also find me through through Kathy's Instagram. You just yeah. You you can also find more about the She Spoke books and lots. We have all kinds of extra links. All the women we couldn't fit into the book. We have all kinds of extra information yes. at tinyurl.com/slash She Spoke. Wonderful, excellent. Well, as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familius Publishing for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you subscribe to the podcast and left us a review on iTunes and social media. And when you're ready for that next amazing book adventure, we'd be honored if you chose a book from Familius. One step at a time, one voice at a time, we can make the world a happier place. 